Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Pete Wilson is our former pastor. We love Pete Wilson. He was the founder and senior pastor of our church that we still go to in Nashville. It's called Cross Point. It was one of the fastest growing churches in America in, in, to reach 10,000 people each weekend. During that time, Pete published four books with Thomas Nelson, including his bestseller, Plan B, which we have read through together. Yeah. And then in 2019, he started Good Vibes Management, which is an organization that kind of pairs up celebrities with court with like corporate brands. Uh, so this is people like Kane Brown and Tim McGraw with, with brands like Boys and Girls Club of America and the NBA to do these inspiring press grabbing projects while also giving renewed purpose to the celebrities platform, which is super cool. And uh, today he also hosts a new podcast called the Good Talk Podcast with his wife, uh, where they inspire people to be healthier and happier and more purpose-driven versions of themselves. We've been friends for years. I mean, a decade, a a decade at this point, Pete was one of the first people we met when we moved to Nashville. And anyways, we just love this guy. And uh, you'll notice AJ is sitting here with me (laughs) because she hijacked this episode because she was like, I want Pete to come and I'm coming too. (laughs) Very rare that I do a co-hosted interview. And it's not to just say I wouldn't want to be on all the episodes, but typically our schedules don't align. But since I scheduled this one, I made it work. Anyways, buddy, welcome to the show. It's great to see you. (laughs) Thank you. It's an honor. It really is. I'm, I've been looking forward to this for so long. As you know, I'm a huge fan of both of you. I'm a huge fan of this podcast. So it, it's it's great to be here. Yeah, well, I, and, and I think one of the reasons that, it, you know, obviously our relationship with you, but but AJ has a knack for reinvention. You <laughs> no, are- honestly, what it was is I know so much of our audience are, is going through this phase of their business or their life where there's this concept of reinvention. And it's for so many of our clients who have been very business minded. So they've been entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. or in corporate or in sales. And now they're going, but there's something else out there for me that I feel called to do. And a part of that has this personal brand. And I just, we hear all the time that people are going through this, like, this is, you know, the next phase of my life or I'm in, you know, this is my life version 2.0. And, and so I follow you on social and clearly I know you, but it's, you have gone through like this massive reinvention and I love what you're doing and all the things you're talking about and all of your posts. And so one day I reached out and I was like, Hey, do you think that you would want to come on our show? Because I just feel like this, this whole conversation around reinvention affects every single person that we work with. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be applicable to everyone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of people going through reinvention and for a, a host of reasons, right? I mean, sometimes you have to go through a reinvention because it's forced upon you. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, either you made some serious mistakes or you work for someone who thinks you made some serious mistakes or uh, you just find your line of work to reach the people you really want to reach. You got to do something completely different. Yeah. And so there's a host of reasons, but you know, the, the process of reinvention for everyone is pretty similar. And I think there's some things that you can do to help prepare yourself to do that in a successful kind of way. Yeah. I love it. I'm so excited to get to hear all about it too. Yeah. And I, you know, I think all the way back, you know, plan B probably feels like years and years, I mean, it was years and years ago, yeah. but it probably feels like a lifetime ago for you, but it, you know, that whole book and, and story about just like what happens when the thing you thought was going to happen doesn't happen. How do you think that applies to this in terms of like, what's the right mindset that you think you go in, you, you should go into a reinvention with, or the, just that you, that you've gone through. I mean, you've gone from being this very well-known, you know, senior pastor in this space, and then, you know, have moved to a whole different space in some, in some ways. Yeah. What's the mindset there, you know, in the, yeah. to, to start with? Yeah, it's it's very humbling to write a best-selling book about, you know, what do you do when life doesn't turn out the way you thought it was going to turn out when, you know, I wrote that book. And at that point in my life, to be honest with you, everything had turned out the way I wanted it to turn out. Like, mm. if you go back and read that book, it's full of everybody else's stories because mm. I had to pull from all the people around me whose life hadn't turned out the way they thought. And then years later, you know, I live out my own plan B and my own life feels like it kind of imploded in some ways. And I'm like, wow, I I really need to rewrite that book now because there's some things I would say much different having lived through it personally. But I think there can be, you know, you, you look at these opportunities that you have in life for reinvention. Like I said, sometimes they're kind of forced on you. And then in, in my case, to some degree, it's not a path I would have chosen, but I had the opportunity to either go one direction, which is just to be bitter the rest of my life, to wallow in mistakes that I'd made, uh, to say, you know what, I've, I've, I've made the biggest, greatest impact I'm ever going to make. It's never going to be that good again. I'll mm. never have that kind of audience again. Mm. And to be honest with you, I had that season. I needed that season I needed to hold on to that pain long enough until I'd learned all the lessons that I needed to learn. Mm. But there came that day of saying, all right, enough's enough. I've learned what I've needed to learn from that pain. And now it's time to build back. Now it's time to reinvent. And the beauty, the gift I had been given was a blank slate. And so all the patterns of overworking, the patterns of being a people pleaser and finding my identity through the validation of others, I had an opportunity to build everything back, but do it in a healthier way. Mm. Uh, And I just got to answer the question that some people never get to really ask themselves, which is what do I really want to do with my life now? Mm. And I started building from that, 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 that point forward. But one of the first things I always say to people is number one, I'd say commit to the process. Like reinvention, as you guys know, is not easy. And it is a process. Sometimes it's a painful process, but you're not going to go to bed a successful CEO and necessarily wake up a New York Times bestselling author, mm. right? There's a process there. There's going to be some work there. Uh, you got to embrace that process. Have you guys seen that to be true? Uh-huh. 
that's an understatement. <laughs> that's yeah. an understatement. You know, and I think one of the things that we see a lot, even in our own lives and our own business, because I think one of the reasons I so wanted to have this conversation on our podcast is Brand Builders Group is the product of reinvention, right? This was yep. not our life as a full-time business five years ago, right? In fact, Brand Builders Group will celebrate three years in business officially next month, next month. Mm -hmm. And so I think for even for us, it's like, it was a very, again, not a um, (laughs) process we would have chosen. It wasn't planned, planned, wasn't chosen, but oh my gosh, the fruitfulness and the blessings that have poured out because we got that second opportunity to reinvent have been so incredible. But there's something that you said earlier that I really resonate with. And I know a ton of people in our audience with is that process of, well, how do you go from, well, F, this isn't what I planned. Because I feel like a lot of people are in that, okay, you know, the last roughly 18 months have rocked my world, turned my business upside down. I, I don't know if I'll ever go back to the business I had. So what's next? How do you go from that OF moment to, no, actually, this this is this is a blessing, and this is an opportunity to reshape and reshift, even though it's going to be hard work. But I'm getting a second chance to do life in a whole new way. How how do you do that? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And you know, I think for me, I'll tell you, a a, a big part of the process for me was changing my mind shift towards gratitude, because there was a season that I wanted to focus on everything I had lost. Right. And, and honestly, that 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 kind of came from a spirit in my life of entitlement. Like mm. I was owed that I did this. I did that. I worked hard. You know, I it literally felt like I had earned all of that. It was all owed to me. I had to shift my mindset to one of gratitude. It's become one of the most important practices in my life to just in that gratitude journal every morning list the things that I'm just grateful for. And the more I started to see all of life as a gift. As I started to see even my my skills, and my abilities, those, those were gifts that were giving them, given to me. It wasn't owed to me. When I started to see everything through that 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 perspective, mm. it really allowed me to stop looking at things as if they were obstacles and start looking at them as if they were opportunities. And I started to that whole mind shift of oh my gosh, all these obstacles that I'm looking at, they're not blocking the path. They are the path, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that this is the way I need to walk down this road because all of this is forming and shaping me. Not only what I'm going to do next, but it's forming and shaping who I am as a human being. But I, I, I took a while to get there. Again, that wasn't an overnight thing. No, but that's so good. It's these things aren't blocking the path; they are the mm-hmm. path. That's yeah. really, really well. And, and you, you talk about entitlement, and I think. It's it's really weird because when you have been successful at something, I mean, the the word reinvention, you know, basically, no matter how you slice it, is starting over. And that is it's it's a painful part about going, well, I already I already fought this battle once. I already (laughs) did this war like I already ran this race. I shouldn't have to do it again. And that is so frustrating. It can be frustrating and maddening. How do you get yourself past that? Because you're like, you know, 
one day, as you said, you're a CEO or you're, you have this big business you've started. You've got this huge team of people to just like crank stuff out. And then the next day you're going, it's all gone. And here I, you know, I, I have am. this beautiful yeah. Blake slate, but it's also like, do I really have to do this again? Yeah. That's why I say, I say the second step is you've got to embrace humility. It takes a tremendous amount of humility because you're right. When you've had tremendous amount of success in a particular season of your life or in a particular industry, right, that you've been working in. And then all of a sudden you find yourself having to either leave that industry and start something completely new, or maybe you're, maybe you're staying in the same job, but to really get the results you want, now you're having to learn a completely new skill, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's humbling. We were joking around a little bit before this podcast started as we were both fumbling around with some IT issues <laughs> that, you know, there, there was a time in my life that I had a video team of four or five full-time people. I had an IT department of three or four people. You know, I, I really got to just show up and do the part I love the most and walk away. And somebody made magic out of that and made me look yeah. really good. You know, these days I am the video team. And my, <laughs> my wife is the IT department, right? And you know, we're she's only in the IT department because she knows a little bit more than I do. And, <laughs> and when stuff doesn't work, I tend to throw it and it gets expensive replacing stuff. So it's humbling, right? And again, you can look at that in one or two ways. And and to be honest, there are times I look at it, I'm so frustrated because I can't get this cord to work or this program to work, or I can't figure out how to do lights. And then there are other times I sit back and say, you know what though? Like, again, part of this process is it's, it's leading towards what you wanted. And you started with a blank slate. One of the things that was a value for me was flexibility. There was a time in my life that I I worked 80 hours a week. And in that process, I wasn't focusing on some of the things that were most important to me in life, such as family. Mm. And so, and part of that was, you know, I I had a staff of over 100 people that I was trying to manage and lead. And so, again, my ultimate goal these days of wanting some more flexibility means I don't have a staff of 100 people that I'm leading day in and day out. It also means I don't have three separate offices anymore. I have a two foot wide desk in my laundry room, right? So there's solid. Yeah, there's there's humility that comes with it, but I have to keep that long range goal. Mm. And there's some also some values. Because I started with that blank slate and I said, what is it that I ultimately want? And for me, flexibility was one of those things. So, but yes, the, the humility. It's huge. In fact, you said something recently on your podcast. I, I wrote it down. I have it here on my desk because you were talking about Jen Cohen, who you had had on there. Oh, yeah. And you guys had helped her. And so she'd had tremendous success, right, in one area. But now she's wanting to do this TEDx talk. And she comes to you guys to help her organize that and create, you know, the possibility of a viral TED talk. And you guys did that for her. But that only happened because she was willing to be humble, right? Mm -hmm. And to kind of go through that process. So you said this before, you said, uh, be humble enough to learn a process and follow the process. And so that's been in the back of my head ever since I heard you say that is just because you had success before doesn't mean that's going to be owed to you again. And so you got to read. If you need to hire a coach, hire a coach. If you need to attend an online webinar, attend the webinar, you know, but become a sponge, commit to that process 
get rid of the pride that makes you want to think that you're too good to start over. Mm. And you'll automatically greatly increase your chances of being successful at your reinvention, whatever that reinvention might be. This is so good because I know you're going to talk about something in a second, so I won't give it away, but I think this is a really nice transition to, into that because we hear a ton of people come to us going, well, I should just be here by now. Yeah. I should just have been making this much money by now. I should have gotten this by now. And I'm like, why? Right. <laughs> like, why? And what is by now? And I think a lot of it is to what you said. It's like you get entitled to this previous idea of success or your role without going, nope, I'm actually going to clean the slate. And I've got to humble myself and realize I may not get there in the timeline that I want, but that doesn't mean I won't get there. But also, I think what you said, I think is so powerful. It's to redefine, like, what is it that you want? Like, do you want to just go back to what you did, but do it in a different industry or a different avenue? Or do you really take the time to sit back and go, no, what what is this opportunity to reinvent really mean in my life? And I just don't know if a lot of people sit back and take that time. They kind of go from, you know, to use your example, I was working 80 hours a week as a corporate CEO. Now I'm going to work 80 hours a week to be a New York Times bestselling author. I'm going, but but is that what you really want? Or is that just a conditioned part of your life that you've gotten used to? Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. That leads right into that third thing, which is I think you have to redefine your success. And the temptation is to take whatever metric you were using before and just apply that right to what, whatever it is that you're going through to, you know, in the midst of this reinvention. And it, it just mm. rarely works that way, especially if you're going to pivot industries like I did. So I went from being a full-time pastor speaker for over 20 years. That's all I had really ever done in my adult life. And now all of a sudden I'm doing something a little different, right? And so these days, you know, I have the podcast, Good Talk Podcast. You know, we have this Good Vibes Management that we've started where we're partnering, you know, celebrities and entertainers with nonprofits and corporations. And then I have my personal coaching. All three of those things are quite different in many ways than what I was doing before. I I pivoted. Along with that, you know, the reality was I had an audience that I had gained over 20 years of, of working in ministry. And some of that audience translated over to what I do now, but many of them didn't. And so it was, you know, I had to redefine success because, you know, if I started with maybe 30,000 Instagram followers and every time I'd post about the new things I was doing, you know, I'd lose a thousand and gain 50. And I find that to be a motivating experience uh, (laughs) when I post something and my followers not only do not grow, but when it goes in reverse, that really drives me to continue in in the perseverant passion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had some choice words for Instagram for a while. (laughs) Uh, But I get it. You know, it's like what they had originally signed up for. It had changed. It, It was different the content was different, had a little different angle, had a different feel to it. And so I I had to redefine what is success then? Success is gaining those 50. And I had to focus on that because those are 50 now who are signing up for what it is I'm doing. And I had to be okay with losing that a thousand at that time. Mm. You know, it's the same thing. It's like, uh, I used to get paid pretty good money to stand in an arena full of, you know, 20,000 people and talk for 30 minutes. Well, now, like, 
I love the opportunity for free to stand in a room full of a handful of executives and talk to them about how I can help them go to the next level in their business and their life. I I had to redefine what success looked like and all those different offerings that I was able to provide. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. I love that about the metrics. I mean, that is so true because it's, it's funny. Like, you know, you've heard that you were saying this before you, you hear that don't compare your step one to someone else. Step 100 but when we reinvent in our own lives, we do it to ourselves right. against ourselves, yep. where it's like, I'm comparing my new step one to my former step 100 and carrying the metrics over, man, it just creates pressure and like anxiety, anxiety and it brings a whole bunch of negative habits with it. Yeah. I think one of the things you said, I was like that, I think out of everything, it's like, that's where you have to humble yourself the most, even comparing yourself to yourself. Cause it's not going to be the same in the beginning, nor should it be. That's right. Okay? Nor you know, should it be. And if you can get that early on, it really sets you up because you guys know this. You've had seasons in your life where you got the awards. You know, you, you had the New York Times. A- AJ award. got the awards. She got yeah. so many awards. You had a box full of awards from our former life. That's but right, the right. only one she kept, this is funny. This is anecdote. Most people don't know, know this. I AJ literally was the top producer, top leader, top revenue earner, top everything. And and when when we started Brand Builders Group, we left, right? We had reinvention. Right. She left all those awards except for one, which was Cornhole Tournament Champion. <laughs> it's the only one that she kept. <laughs> it's, and uh, I, I still, I still have best. it. Yeah, I still have it in my office, and it's like in the shape of a little corn. And every time somebody comes it. in, I'm like, "Yeah, I won that. That's right. I won. <laughs> I that. love that. And I got to be won honest. That. Uh, I'm not surprised by all the other awards, but that one that kind of surprises me. <laughs> I know you would not think I'm so talented in the skills of and competitive. Let me just, uh, I'll leave it at that. Competitive. But it's like, I think that's so important is redefining success because when we, you know, departed from our former company and former partnership, you know, I I had really struggled when we started Brand Builders Group and settling into my new role because I settled in as the role of CEO and wasn't so client facing anymore. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't getting all of the accolades, right? So I was very, very client facing before and got a lot of praise. And a lot of, you're so awesome. This was amazing. And now all I get is, this sucks. <laughs> you traded like, in your praise oh, for problems, sweetheart. And it yep. was a very humbling experience that I appreciate. But it was really challenging to go, no longer am I the one who people want to see 
or want to work with or nor do I even get really paid for it. And it was a very challenging first 18 months of me settling in that my worth does not come with the amount of revenue that I produce. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it was a real challenge. And it wasn't really until I had our second child, which was in the midst of our startup with this, that I said, I didn't want the life I had before. So why do I miss it now? Wow. And it was a very poignant moment that I remember when Liam, our now almost two-year-old, was just an infant. of Because I remember at our first with Jasper, I only took a three-week maternity because I was so afraid that if I wasn't working, that I wouldn't be significant. And with Liam, I took a three month maternity leave. And I just remember sitting in that moment of going, why do I miss a life that I didn't even want? Yeah. And it was so tied to this. I really had to really look at my pride and my ego of, I cared way too much about the way I looked and the way I seemed. I cared more about that than my own happiness. Yeah. And it was a very humbling experience to settle in and go, I'm going to have to really redefine what success looks like in order for me to step into this new role in our new company and, and actually seek happiness. Yeah. And it it was, it was that right there. It was redefined success. And that it was, it wasn't until that moment that I really was like, okay, I, I don't have to be the one to have my name everywhere or be the one on stage or get the huge contracts. Like that's no longer success to me, but being able to take my kids to school that I, you know, just like those little things. It was, it was a very humbling, important process that was redefining success. So I just, I know when you sent this outline over, I was like, we're going to have to talk about that because I know so many people who listen to this podcast, their, their success is being defined, but what's happening around them. Not what they actually want. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, for me, one of the things was, you know, you in ministry, you measure things in the number of people in almost every category. It's kind of one of the things that gets measured. And so when you're speaking in front of large groups, as you guys know, that feels good. It's momentum. Somewhere along the way, though, for me, I, I had bought into a lie. And the lie I bought into was because I'm so good with large groups of people, it means I'm not good one-on-one. And I I repeated that for years. I repeated that to people. People would compliment me on, oh, wow. I mean, you can stand on that stage and just, and and I'd I'd always say, well, thank you. I appreciate that. But I'm, I I can't do what you do. Like I'm not good like one-on-one with people or with small groups of people. What I discovered, that wasn't true at all. Now, what it required, the one-on-one, that's why I love coaching these days, but it, it requires a, a level of connection with people that I didn't have to have with mm. 20,000 people. Uh, and so it's not that I wasn't good with people one-on-one. It was, I wasn't prepared to have that level of emotional connection with them that it required to go there. And so that's really helped me again in just mm. redefining what that success looks like. And success for me these days is loving what it is that I do, which ultimately is so much more important than any kind of accolade you could get, any kind of awards you can get. Because those things, again, they they feel great for about a day. And then it's if you don't love what you do, you're going to be miserable because all those awards, all that stuff, except for the cornhole, they're going to end up in a box somewhere, right? <laughs> Let's remember what's important. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but so it's, I, I think it's, it's so true. And I, and I love that. And just, I think too, it's like so much for our audience. Um, and as this is a, a shout out to everyone to remember, it's like, you are not defined by your followers yeah. and the number of likes that you get, or it's like, it is not about that. And we had a, a guest on the show several months back. He's also a personal friend, John Rulin. And I love what John Rulin said. And he's something you just said, made me think about it is that you do not have to have millions of followers to make impacts impact in millions of lives or even to make millions of dollars. And so often in the world of personal branding, we look at our followers and go, oh, the, you know, if you have a lot of followers, that means you're successful. And it's like, no, you can have 10 followers That's and right. be incredibly successful. It's just what what is that success for you? I love that. I think that's so important. So I think Pete, when one of the things when we were kind of talking about reinvention and 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 how we might frame the conversation, you know, so much of this is like humbling yourself, you know, changing, redefining success, sort of like letting go of the past. But there's also a, a little bit of a nuance to this that you thought that you brought up that I thought was really fascinating, which is that there's actually some of it does come with you that is healthy. Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I think the reality is you're never actually completely starting over. You know, the reality is whatever work it is that you've been doing, like, wow, you know, you've got, you know, for me, the 20 years in ministry, it didn't like just completely disappear. You know, I spent 20 years working on this skill of speaking and communicating, right? I had 20 years worth of relationships that I had built. All those didn't disappear the day that I started to kind of reinvent and kind of shift or pivot. And so for me, I had to look back and say, okay, you you have a certain set of skills. Because I started with this. I started with the mentality of all you've ever done in your life is be a pastor which is true. I mean, it was true. That's all I had ever done as far as an actual title. Mm. But the reality is I had 20 years of skills that I could dig back into, 20 years worth of relationships I could go back into that would be helpful. So I'll give you a great example of this. And it's one I think you guys will identify with. When I decided, decided to launch Good Vibes Management, and I just had this idea because as a pastor over the years, our church being in Nashville and being a large church, we had over the years, many celebrities who had kind of come through with huge hearts. They wanted we to We definitely good. relate with this. We know lots <laughs> of celebrities. I mean, we can't yeah, keep them. For, they're always trying to I'm come sure. over and call us and bug us. I mean, I mean, we definitely relate to you on, on this sure point. You can. But, you know, they, they had great hearts. They wanted to do good things, but often they're so busy, they didn't even know where to start, right? And so sometimes as a church, we'd, we'd help them. Hey, here's three or four amazing things going on in our community that you could be a huge help to, not only with your resources, but with your platform. And so I just had this idea of what if we launch Good Vibes Management and we do this with artists and athletes. We we pair them with nonprofits and really add purpose, right, to their platform. But I knew, like, let's take music business, for instance. I don't know anything about music business. I knew that managers of these artists would be kind of the gatekeepers. So I literally got on my Instagram feed and I started going through my followers, looking for followers who had something to do with music management. And I saw this girl named Nikki Boone. I'm like, it said uh, music management. And I, so I clicked on her profile. She happened to be like the day-to-day manager for a guy by the name of Kane Brown, who was this really up-and-coming country music artist who had had some crossover hits. 
I literally just like reached out to her and said, Nikki, you follow me, but I don't even know if you know who I am, but I would love to pick your brain. And we sat down and she told me everything there was to know about music management. I mm. told her about my idea. She was like, I think that's a great idea. In fact, I think like you could really help me with some stuff with Kane. Six months later, I'm putting a deal together between the world's largest nonprofit and one of the world's largest blowing up country music artists. And they were doing incredible work together and life were getting transformed. And it was all because I thought for just a minute, maybe mm. there's some people or relationships from my past that could help me with my future. Mm. And so I know that in the process of your reinvention, whatever it is, there's some people you've worked with. There's some relationships that have formed. There's some skills that you used and you honed that can come over and you can use those in whatever new endeavor you have going on. And I said that you guys would be able to identify that because I recently saw you with Lewis House. And I yeah. heard you tell a story on Instagram about how when you guys went through your reinvention, he was one of the first people that you guys kind of reached out to. And he was incredibly generous and really helped you guys out. And I, I just think there's more people like that out there in the world than we realize who want to help us if we're willing to ask. And to, to what you said, it's you already possessed this unique skill set from your past. You were just doing it in a different way. Yeah. It's like people were coming to the church of going, hey, how can I help? And you're going, well, what if I went to them instead and said, hey, let me part you? It's like, I think that's too, it's really powerful to remind everyone. It's like so much of what your future holds you've already developed those skills in your past. You just need to learn how to apply them in new and different ways towards your future goals. And, and we definitely relate to that in mm -hmm. so many different ways in our business, but then also the, the people too. It's like, just because you're reinventing doesn't mean the people of your past, the, you know, the things that you did clients even don't, they, they come with you. Yeah. They come some with do, you. some don't. Yeah. I mean, to the way that you said, you know, one of the things that you just said, Pete, which was a light bulb for me, I guess this is kind of a random anecdote, but we we have a good friend, a guy named Ron Marks, and and he used this metaphor one time. It has stuck with me my whole life. And when you were talking, it sunk in with me that, wow, we have a little bit of this in common with you between what we used to do and what we're doing now and what you used to do and what you're doing now. And Ron, here's here was the illustration. He said, you know, one of the great things about becoming a leader is you go from being in the spotlight to becoming the spotlight operator. Mm. And that I think is something that we both have in common, which yeah. is where we used to be more in the spotlight. And now both you and us, we are more the spotlight operator. We're trying to like facilitate other people who have, you know, to grow their platforms and to do meaningful things with them. And um, what an amazing and beautiful, unexpected part of the way that God's plan works and rolls out that, the pain we're going through isn't about the pain at all. It's about him preparing us for the work that he always originally designed us to do. And I, I can't let you get out of here without asking you, I know you're not a, officially a pastor anymore, but like, how has your relationship with God, like, how has that affected or played into reinvention and and how much do you think that that shows up or you know matters or has changed or just like you know talk to us a little bit of, of, about 
that is specifically, you know, going from a pastor to, you know, what you're doing now. I'm, I'm yeah. just, I'm fascinated about that. Yeah, that's great. And, and your illustration, what you just said is huge. That, that idea of being in the spotlight and now facilitating people who are in the spotlight and what that moment does for you is it helps you understand, okay, what is it that I really love? Did I love being in the spotlight or did I love the impact that was being made? Mm. And if you love the impact more than you love the spotlight, then you're going to be just fine and sliding into that new role of allowing mm. other people. One of the things for me to just continue on with that illustration is stepping out of the spotlight for a season really helped me kind of redefine my relationship with God. You know, I, I found it and this, all pastors wouldn't feel this way, but I kind of felt this way. There's kind of this line for uh, this, this feeling of working for God, right. Instead of kind of working with God. And I think for me, I got up, I got caught up in a season where I just thought I was working for God, which also meant I felt like I was working for God's love. And one of the beautiful things that I've discovered, you know, over the past five years is, is truly God's unconditional love. And, and for me, what that means and what that represents might look a little different than what it means and represents for some other people. But uh, for a big part of my ministry, the driving force behind it, and you guys were a part of the church long enough to know this. I used to say all the time, it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. I used to talk about this idea that there's no perfect people. You know, everyone's welcome because nobody's perfect was kind of that tagline. And I remember when I was going through my reinvention, part of it for me was some therapy, right? And I remember my therapist asking me about kind of my life message and me saying, yeah, part of my life message is. I believe everyone's welcome because nobody's perfect. And he said, you believe that for everybody else, but for yourself. And that was a turning point for me. He was right. I didn't believe that for myself. I believed in God's unconditional love for everybody, but for me, I thought I still had to earn that. Right. And so he said, on the other side of all this, I believe you're probably going to still have the same kind of life mission. He said, but it's going to sound a little different this time, because this time you're going to believe it for yourself. And I do. And I feel like it is the same message I've always had. It's coming out in different ways through personal coaching and through Good Vibes Management and through a podcast now with my wife. Life looks a lot different than it did five, six, seven years ago. Uh, But it's still the same message. And it sounds a little different because I'm embracing it for myself for the first time. And that's been a beautiful thing. Wow. I love that. Buddy, we love you. We're so grateful oh. for you. And for the record, we will always consider you one of our pastors. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I actually, I still get to do some ministry. I work for a church up in Detroit, outside of Detroit, actually in Plymouth. that I get to speak at quite a bit and uh, love serving there. So it's still it's still a part of my life, yeah. uh, which is awesome. And uh, that's another thing about reinvention is sometimes you don't have to walk away from all of it. Or maybe you walk away from it for a season and somehow it kind of comes back around. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. And that, that means the world. You guys mean the world. This podcast, what you guys do is huge. And you give really practical tools. I listen to it every week. It's been so helpful to me, to Jordan. And uh, I hope you guys will just keep doing what you're doing because you are. You're making a big difference. Mm, thank you. Well, thank you, Pete. And and the uh, you know one of the other mar- hallmarks I've always heard of a great leadership is that, you know, that that great leaderships will build something that eventually outlasts them. And, you know, we still go to Crosspoint 
we're yeah. we're still involved with the leadership there. Yeah. We, you know, we love it. We support the church and it's like they still have painted on the walls, you know, everybody's welcome and nobody's perfect and through Jesus anything's Anything possible. possible yeah. Yeah. And and it and it's like uh, you know, that's a really cool thing that it is con- it's continuing and so we're just grateful for your impact on our life, brother, and we love you and and we wish you all the best. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free lifetime access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we will get you set up with free lifetime access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation.